Father God, we do give you thanks and praise for today. We thank you for giving us life as we are here now. And we especially give you thanks for spiritual life through your son, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, be with us now. Empty our minds and our thoughts of this world. And we pray that you would speak to us today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you. A couple questions for you. Do you fight for a certain cause that we live in here in the United States of America or even in the world? Would you suffer for a cause? Would you die for a cause? Because especially military members of our armed forces, when we sign that dotted line, we understand that we could die for our country. It might not even be in war. It could be a mishap, you know, in training or being deployed somewhere. But as we look into our inner souls of each of us, will you die for Jesus Christ? Sincerely think about that. Will you die and suffer and be persecuted for Jesus Christ? And as what Pastor Frank said here last week, and he said before that the word of God is not just for you, it's for me and whoever speaks the word of God. And this is a huge burden on this text for me this week. And I might come out real boldly, and it's nothing against anybody in particular, but it needs to be heard as we're living in the United States of America. So turn to your Bibles or your devices. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 19. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you, but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Make sure that none of you suffer as a murderer or thief or evildoer, or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of a godless man and a sinner. Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. The title of this message is Suffering as a Believer. Now, let's do a little bit of background before we dig into it more. Of course, we know that Peter is the author of this of this chapter, of this book. 
For nine days, the city of Rome was burned in the summer of A.D. 64. And some Romans believed that Nero had set the city of Rome on fire due to the fact, if you know anything about Nero, he likes to build. So there were some rumors that he did that. But as one could imagine, the Romans were devastated to the core, that their culture burned down, along with the city. All their temples that they had, shrines and idols, were burned up. People were homeless and hopeless. Many were killed. Their resentment was so severe, Nero had to do something to save his skin, if you will. And guess what he did? He blamed it on the Christians. Because Nero blaming the Christians, sufferings and persecutions spread throughout the Roman Empire. And Peter wrote this letter to the believers who were suffering enormous persecutions. And the purpose of this letter, letter was not to, for them to lose hope, not to become bitter or resentful, not losing trust in God, and even waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And if you look at that verse word in our text, beloved, that means so much. Beloved is what, we, what God told Jesus, right? My beloved, my beloved son, whom I love. This title is later transferred to the Jesus followers and for us today. So a lot of times in different cultures, if you go around the world, some will say beloved. Or sometimes we say brother and sister, what, in Christ. This conveys tenderness, compassion, care, and affection. Peter has a heart for those people that went through all this, are going through the persecutions and the sufferings. Especially he wrote them because, you know, sometimes in our sinful nature, we can be tempted to what? To doubt God, what's going on in our life. As believers, we don't desire that, but it could happen when we face persecutions or sufferings. And we look at the first verse, we continue the fiery ordeal. It is a metaphor for trials and for persecutions. Also, it's like a furnace melting metals for purification, for puring, purging of its infirmities. Peter uses these two words because he knows what happened in Rome and the outcome of Nero blaming the Christians. Isn't that that way? The way sometimes we see in the culture today that what? Christians get blamed for certain things in society. And we should not be surprised that we will be, have suffering and persecution because of our faith in Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is so offensive to many people in the world. I can tell you some stories about serving in Minneapolis when you talk about Jesus or even to pray. You can see the hatred coming through their face. And we continue, which comes upon you for testing. How many of us like to be tested at times, right? What is the purpose of this testing? Here it comes right down to each of us individually. It proves a person's genuine faith in God and in Jesus Christ. 
I'll say that again. It proves a person's genuine faith in God and in Jesus Christ. People react in different situations, but us as a believer in Jesus Christ, you can trust God in that suffering and in persecution. Trust God. We'll talk about that more later. And we continue as though some strange thing were happening to you. Brothers and sisters, it's not strange. It is going to happen. Sometimes we have suffering that we don't even know of because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Sometimes that you and I are persecuting behind the scenes and we do not realize what's going behind our backs. They needed to know and for us today that it was not unusual for believers. And make this one second one clear. It was not as a result of our sins. And it had a purpose in God's will. Again, people do not like the name of Jesus Christ. And in Matthew 24, 9, it reads, Jesus tells his disciples, then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Jesus is very clear. You will be hated because of the name of Jesus Christ. But you know what? For me, that's great news. You know why? Because it shows that I have a faith and I believe in Jesus Christ. Because a lot of times when you do mission work or evangelism or any other ministry work, when you start about talking about Jesus, people come to these ministry events and they want something, right? But sometimes when you claim, proclaim the name of Jesus, what happens? Sometimes you can see it on their face, what happens? They almost shut down. Outreach events are fantastic. We get involved with the community, but we gotta remember some of those people that we serve, they do not like Jesus Christ. In fact, they don't even like us. Here's a country that I found out in East Africa that came about in 1993, never heard of it before. I went to the Voice of the Mars to see what, any updates in, in Africa or any parts of the world. I hope I pronounced this right. Eritrea is in East Africa, is one of the worst places in the world to be a Christian. Acts of violence and oppression happen daily. When Esther from this country came to Christ, persecution became immediately. Her parents refused to accept her new faith in Jesus, and she was forced not to go to Bible study, or even attend church. Think about that. What if all of a sudden the government came down and said, you can't go to church anymore? I mean, we had a slimmer situation with the lockdowns, right? But what if they came in from a different angle saying that we don't believe in Jesus Christ, we don't believe in your God, we're going to shut the churches of America down. How would we feel about that right away? Anger, right? But you know what? Immediately after anger, you know what I would do? I'd be contacting Pastor Frank. We're going to meet somewhere. I don't care where. If it's their house or if it's at the ministry center, even at Lake Point by the water, we will meet. Second point this morning, rejoice. Rejoice. 
in suffering. I know that's kind of hard because sometimes when we think of suffering, we think of what? Physical suffering, right? We think if we got some, you know, foot problems, back problems, neck problems, all that. We do have that, right? But do we rejoice in that suffering? Let's be honest. Do we? I don't. You know, I have, a, I have a situation that my pain's not going away ever, and Diane has the same situation. Other people here do too, right? There's a point that we have to accept that, right? There's a point that we take these medications, we just have to deal with it. But I don't go on and rejoice and say, hey, I got, I know, I got pain today. I don't do that. When you look at the word, and we see here in, in verse 13, but, the, but to the degree... It shows us, as Christians, our eternal reward is in proportion to our earthly suffering. Luke 6, 22 to verse 23 says, this is the words of Jesus. Blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. It says leap for joy in suffering. I'm not talking about the physical suffering, although persecution will bring on physical suffering, but I got good news in, in a couple of verses up coming up. When we have faith in Jesus Christ and we're being persecuted, we're being hated, you know what I've done? I've smiled right back to the people. You know what? It shuts them up most of the time. You can see on their face and they got burning with anger. I'm happy I did that. And we go on that you share the sufferings of Christ. Share the sufferings of Christ is not in a redemptive or salvation sense, right? It's not that. We already have that because when we came to Jesus Christ, immediately we were saved. But it shows us believers that we share the same kind of suffering that Jesus endured while living on this earth. That is, suffering for what is right. Jesus was mocked and so shall we be mocked for his name. Jesus suffered unjustly, and so shall we suffer unjustly. We haven't seen that so much in America, but I tell you what, when you go to YouTube, there's a couple of um, YouTubers I follow that are, are strong Christians. And stuff that's going around that we see in America, you don't hear it about in the news that much, but there is suffering, there's little persecutions going on in the United States. There's people lying that do not like Jesus Christ or us Christians as believers so that way they can make an excuse to shut people down. That is happening in the United States of America. And that person on there, you know what? He had a joyful look on his face. Not that he was seeking revenge but because of the word of God, but it was happening to him and his family. In another sense, which I love this one, it is a great honor, joy, and a privilege, brothers and sisters, to suffer with Jesus Christ and to be treated by the world the way he was treated. Remember at one time, many times that Jesus was mocked? Right? He was mocked for what, who he was and for what he believes in. He was mocked. 
I think all of us here at one time in our life, not relating to our faith in Jesus Christ, but we have been mocked for certain things, right? We mocked because what? Maybe we grew up in a certain area in a town or, you know, whatever it was. Sometimes we get mocked. And even in the military, I got mocked for being a cook, right? I'm like, why are you mocking me as a cook, you know? But, but that's the way human beings are sometimes. If you don't agree with somebody, you'll get mocked. As we share in the suffering of Jesus Christ, we also have strong fellowship with him. We have communion with him. And our relationship with Jesus Christ is tighter. Just like in the military, when you deploy, when you fight in a battle, you have a platoon, you have units, you have five or six men and women together. And when they see what's going on, they get tighter as a family. They are family. And if one of them loses his life, what happens? They mourn. They come together tighter than ever. That's why I see when we're in this battle against a sinful world that we are in a battle. We are in a spiritual battle. And we have to understand that every single day we are in a spiritual battle. If Jesus went through suffering and dying on the cross, and we can do the same thing. You know, we have our jobs, we have our places that we stay, and that's our, our comfort zone. But at the end of the day, when I see, you know, we have pictures sometimes in our mind of how Jesus was mocked, how he was killed. We see the movies today, but we can never fathom his loss, his pain. Because he had the burden of sin on his shoulders, and we do not. Keep on rejoicing. Keep on rejoicing. We keep, we can, when it says keep on rejoicing, we continually rejoice for the persecution and for suffering. It's not a one-minute, you know, okay, I rejoice and I quit. In a sense, it is a continuous basis, basis, basis Right? It's just like in our faith. When we come to Jesus Christ, right, we don't stop there. We wean from the milk of the word of God and we move on, right? We continue to move on. We have to understand that in our suffering, that it is continuous in our suffering. And here, right here in this phrase... So that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. I am so glad that this right here, this phrase is in this point of scripture right now. Because it gives us hope. The hope is in the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's part of it right here. There is hope. So when the day that we ever come that we do face persecution, if we're mocked or even physically abused... In our minds, we can reflect right now that we have a hope. And it's Jesus Christ coming back for us. That should give you great comfort whenever we face. It might not even be about Jesus himself, but anything in life. In this world, we have tough times in this world. But we can see the second coming, the hope that is in Jesus Christ. Revelation 1.7 says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes on the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. 
Amen. And again, when we see that in that word exaltation, it's a joyful praise. We are to be joyous. Let me continue on. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, to be reviled is to be insulted or to be denounced. We are insulted and denounced for the name of Jesus Christ. We are treated unfairly at times for the name of Jesus Christ. One time I was getting close to the end of my career in the Navy. It was the second to last duty station. And I was up, they, they wanted me to put me for sailor of the year at the command I was at. But I told them at the board about my faith in Jesus Christ that that was my mentor was Jesus Christ. I didn't get sailor of the year. I knew that. At that point, you know what? I'm done with the military. I'll serve my 20 years and get out. And my chief, that who was my direct supervisor, this guy was about this tall. And I used to tease him because he, he had a big Dodge Ram truck that he had to leap up to get up there. And one day, I brought a stool for him to use it. And that was, this is a side joke. But this guy was an unbelievable Christian. He prayed with us sometimes right before we started our day. There was a group of us. He would pray for us. He was so mad. I'd never seen Chief Holman so mad in my life. He came into the master chief office and he started yelling at him. Why, you know, bleep, you know, said not some kind Christian words. Because Chief understood that I was, in a way, being persecuted. And because I didn't get that, I was getting close to retirement, so I'll never make Chief. So Chief BMC understood how crucial that was for me. But you know what? I kind of thank God, I thank God for that. Because I didn't want to do any more years after 20 years. I was done being away from the family. But here, on the second part, revelation of his glory, you may rejoice. Okay, look at his glory. His glory. God is to be glorified at all times, Amen. And we go on to 14. If you're reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. That second part is so important. That's why it gives me great comfort. Because when you're being persecuted, this is known at times you see stuff about people being persecuted. When we're being persecuted at a specific time that we're we're feeling that pain and everything. God is resting on you. His Shekinah glory is on you. So what happens to our body, you don't feel no pain. It is taken away. Yet there might be pain up to that point, but God will never leave you nor forsake you when it comes to that time. Amen for that. He rests on you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You got the Trinity working on you at that time in your life. God is resting on you. Remember that. Remember that. When I read that, I almost came to tears, to be honest with you. Because we have the creator of the universe. He is there. Get this. The creator of the universe is on you if you're being persecuted. 
Nobody else in the world might not be persecuted by the time, but God is there. Remember that. Remember that we got nothing to lose at times. Third point, evaluate the suffering. Make sure that none of you are sufferers and murderers or thieves or evildoers or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he's not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God again in this name. For it is time for the judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? I'm getting closer out of time, but bluntly, this is what it means right here. That we are not to do, be like murderers and meddlers and such, right? We're not supposed to do these things. Peter's pointing that out. Hey, we're not supposed to be like those other people. We're not supposed to be like those other people. Because what happens is sometimes that you can see in this context right here, the Holy Spirit might not give you relief. Even though, yes, you are saved, right? You might do some things bad, but there might be a point. The Holy Spirit's not going to give you total relief. But God will still rest on you. We are not to do those things. Again, we are to glorify God. We are not to be ashamed for the name of Christ. We are not to be ashamed. There's a song from the Newsboys, right? These are Newsboys or... Um, from not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I think it was a song. And I remember at that concert, yes, we are not to be ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And also, when we look at 17 here, right, when it comes to the judgment, when it comes when Jesus Christ comes back, it starts with what? The household of God, and that's us, the church. Because of our sins, it does not mean that we're going to go to hell because we are saved. But... God says it's going to start with us, the household, and that's the church in the whole world. We will be judged for everything that we do. Think about that. Everything that's in our heart and in our mind and in our actions we will be judged. But get this. What will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? What will the outcome of be for those people that do not believe in Jesus Christ? It's hell. That's what it is. It's hell. And there's somebody here that needs to, to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's what it is right in this verses. Jesus came to save us. Jesus came to die for the sins of the whole world, everybody right here and outside of the community. But if you don't obey in Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. And 18F is with difficulty that the righteous is saved. What will become of the godless man again? That's why it's so important for us to go out there and do some evangelism in Emerson, where you live, in your community, at work, here at the school, everything. Get to know people and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And lastly, Trust completely to God with your suffering. Totally trust him. Totally. why it's in there? Because if you go back where I said, God's resting on you. Shekinah glory is resting. 
And sometimes when I look at this, it says, suffer according to the will of God. We hear that God is love, but we, he knows that we're going to suffer. Not only for the name of Jesus Christ, but for our ailments. And to a faithful creator, and this is the only time it's in New Testament, right? to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Brothers and sisters, to be honest, we're living in a world that there's so much stuff going contrary to the word of God and it's moving quickly. If you just look at the news and look at the reports that's going on in the world, are you ready, if that time comes, to stand up for Jesus? And we might have a time, you never know who you can run to. If you proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, you might be assaulted. We don't know when that's going to happen or if it will happen. But you know what? God is there for us in that time. And God is here for you and Jesus Christ, even not even thinking about persecution. He cares about our daily life. He cares about us. Every single one of us here, he cares. And Jesus cares. Because God's love the world that he gave his one and only son, right? He does care. So when that time comes, and some of us might not see that, some people in the older generation, but maybe in our, our kids might see some of that. But teach them the word of God. That's why it's important for us to come together in small groups to dig into the word of God. Because when it comes to that time, we may not remember all the verses that we have studied in our life, but the Holy Spirit will comfort us because he'll bring to us to give us comfort, all those verses that we have read or memorized. Let's pray. Father God, we do give you thanks and praise. Holy Spirit, be with each of us and I pray that when persecution does come here in the United States, and we see some of that now, Father God, Holy Spirit, be with us. Jesus, intercede for us in those difficult times. And God, thank you so much for your Shekinah glory that will come upon us in those situations that we are faced if we are physically tormented before we die. And God, thank you for what in Scripture that you talked about, Stephen, in Scripture, that when he looked up, he saw Jesus in heaven. Ask us in Jesus' name. Amen.